You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast as Illinois picks up another road victory, their third straight road win this season. They have road wins at Wisconsin, at Purdue, and at Michigan. This one, Io DeSumo seals it with a dagger, 64-62. The closure continues to close, but Illinois continues to roll. Jeremy Werner, Derek Piper. Derek, we've covered a lot of bad years of Illinois athletics. Uh, this is something special, though. It's special to watch Io DeSumo doing what he's doing in the clutch. It's special to see this team reel off these victories, Derek. Um, this is just fun to watch, and this is why we come to these arenas. We're sitting here in Chrysler Arena, uh, an empty Chrysler Arena that emptied out with 0.5 seconds left but we come to to have these moments to watch these kind of moments document these kind of moments and this feels like one of the most special ones in really a decade and really our time covering Illinois absolutely I mean to be in first place I know we'll see what happens with with Michigan State on Sunday but uh, at least a tie for first place in the the Big Ten this late in the season and to be on a roll six in a row and just the way it's happening uh, to go on the road when a lot of teams are, are struggling so bad and you just got to be in range and, and put the ball in Iowa's hands and, and let things happen, in which that was the, the key to success all day long, really. But uh, it's unbelievable. They're, I don't know a better closer in college basketball right now. I, I think that uh, he's earned that, over, especially in this in this stretch. But uh, he's been unbelievable. And as Brad said, he, he's run out of adjectives to describe it. And same old story, but it's, it doesn't get old for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're going to write this story again. Like you wrote a column about, you know, cold-blooded killer at, at Cole Center. Yep. Uh, and I, I'm going to write a column today about Iowa again today. But you do struggle to come up with words. So you just go to other people and, and their reaction is just kind of the same as ours. Like you're seeing the coaches come out of the tunnel being like, that kid's special, right? Like, and Brad Underwood's had some special players in his time as a coach, whether it was Mike Beasley or Jawan Evans. And these guys just lift what you can do. And this is why it was so important when he came back. I mean, I don't know if any of us saw this kind of stretch coming from him, this kind of stretch where he carries the team, whether it's dishing or scoring like he did today, a career high. But these are the kind of talents that elevate you. It's why we made such a big deal when he committed, Derek. These are the kind of special players you'll talk about. And if somebody tweeted at me, I think it was Matt, I think I might name my kid Io, right? <laughs> like, this is stuff of legend. It really is. And he has it all working for him right now. He's definitely improved his game. You know, Going into the offseason, it was shooting off the dribble, and that's his, his biggest strength. And Xavier Simpson contested the heck out of that shot and just had a feeling that if I was going to get a chance, there's a really – you know, it's probably going to go in and go back to his recruitment. And you mentioned that, you know, he's a five star and we use program changer. We said that about him and, you know, he's actually living up to that. He is a program changer to go from where Brad Underwood first two years of this program to now be uh, ranked. They're going to be a top 15 team in my estimation after this. And they have a real, real shot of winning the Big Ten, which is unbelievable to say. We can legitimately and comfortably have that conversation now. Like, I was talking to you after Purdue. I'm like, man, I, I think this team's as talented as anyone. I think they're playing 
consistently good defense. We saw it again tonight against Michigan, holding them to 4 of 17 from 3. Michigan helped them by choking at the free throw line late in the game, but they take advantage of that with with a cold-blooded killer like Io. And and Trent Frazier making two clutch free throws shouldn't go overlooked either. Um, I think they have what it takes to win the Big Ten. Now, are they going to get there? We'll see. But I give them as good of a chance as anybody with Michigan State. I would probably still call them the odds favorite. But we see them slip up uh, against a team like Indiana that I think they should beat even on the road. Uh, And Maryland, we've seen Illinois. Like, they can compete with them. They can beat a team like that. So I think those are the three teams. You could probably put Iowa in that mix too. But I'll put Illinois giving them as good of a chance as anybody in that mix. Yeah, definitely. And a number of factors. Obviously, Io, you have a star. Uh, you really have two pros. I know Kofi really struggled today, and he's still a freshman and, and kind of showed you that once again. But uh, he's been a dominant force for, for a good chunk of this season. Uh, two pros with those guys. Trent Frazier has really elevated his game and made big threes. Uh, and then defensively, this, this team is very, very consistent. They have proven they're in the top echelon of the Big Ten. Def- defensive efficiency hold Michigan uh, to 62. You mentioned they, they missed a lot of open threes. Michigan did. Uh, and then also got it going at the rim. But uh, for the most part, this team is uh, definitely good enough, by far and away, but good enough to be uh, a ranked team or a a really good team with with how they're playing defense. They're tough, and they don't get – they're not worried about coming into arenas like this. They they don't care that it's been since 2010 and and Illinois hadn't won here. In the last 60 years – there have been two seasons where Illinois has won at Wisconsin, at Michigan, and at Purdue. That was 05 and then 19 – and now now because before that it was 1955. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this is probably – I mean, 06, the next year with D and Augie. That was a good team. Yep. This team could be better than that. I mean, it's re- weird to say. That was, a, what, a four seed in the NCAA tournament? Like, it's weird to say because that team was top ten for most of the year, but – I think this is a team that can get into that mix, and uh, it's crazy to think about. It's I want to do the Paul Rudd thing, like, who to thunk it, right? Like, not me, not me. Here we are. Um, I also want to give a big shout-out to Andres Felice. Um, what a performance he had in the second half, really just bullying his way to the hoop, especially when you're going against a guy like Xavier Simpson for most of that, Derek. I know Xavier was on Io sometimes too, but – 13 or 12 of his uh, 15 points in the second half. He had seven rebounds in this game. Io had seven rebounds as well. Uh, he was huge when Trent was on the bench. He was limited to 21 minutes, and Trent's just so good defensively that you know Illinois was a plus 13 with him on the court today because of what he does defensively. But Fully is making those big buckets, getting those boards. It really just kept Illinois hanging around when Io was really the man carrying everything today. Yeah, so physical, so tough, and go in there and just make plays and mix it up and draw fouls. Uh, and he's a veteran and just wants to win. He's willing to play any role, and that's another great thing about this team, and this is why this team could be cut out for something, dare I say, special, because you can kind of pass off the baton at times. You know, this is Io's stretch. Trent's going to give you at the start of games, get hot. Uh, and then Andres is very, very capable of, of carrying you for a while. And, and, you know, not everybody in this league, even Michigan State, is – very, very reliant on Cassius and Tillman. And uh, you look at Illinois, they have a number of guys. Obviously, Kofi's been in that mix. Even Georgia can get it going. So uh, just to have a handful of dudes that can step up and, you know, some great individuals. Yeah, I was the closer, but uh, I've said it before, but Trent Frazier's the opener. He had eight of their first 15 points, hit a couple threes, got them confident, got them going. And then defensively, uh, he's been so good. Now, when we come back, let's talk about some of the struggles and uh, another factor we shouldn't overlook about how big this win is. We'll talk about that next.
All right, Illinois' big men did not play well at all. Michigan out-rebounded Illinois. Uh, Teske, for the most part, um, you know, he had some struggles today shooting the ball, but Illinois couldn't handle his uh, strength, but he just missed a lot of shots, 4-14, 1-6 from three. Uh, but Illinois did get out-rebounded 37-34, and I would have thought that's a really bad sign here. Kofi Coburn had his worst game in an Illinois uniform, five points, three rebounds, um, two of nine from the field. His, his touch was off. seemed like he was forcing some things there. But the biggest concern I had today was three rebounds. He got out tough today, out physical today. I don't know what Juwan Howard and, and those guys did defensively to, to slow him down, uh, but you even saw the frustration boil over with a really bad foul, 90 feet from the basket. He's lucky Michigan missed the free throw, right? It was a one-on-one, and they missed the front end. So he got lucky there. I'm not overly concerned, but that was finally a freshman performance by Kofi. Yeah, and it was one of the first times we've seen him have one of those frustration moments, you know, uh, turn into a foul like that. And it just came at a really, really bad time, under two minutes to go. And luckily, Michigan misses that free throw. They missed a couple down the stretch, five in a row, as you had pointed out. Uh, but, yeah, Kofi, on his catches, didn't seem to make a move a lot of times, just kind of went straight up. And he had a he had one of, one of his rebounds as an offensive board, didn't seem prepared to put it back up. Just wasn't himself today. Uh, and yeah, it was it was surprising how well and how physical Illinois did down low in that first meeting. I mean, absolutely just bullied them on the glass. It was sixteen to zero in second chance points. Uh, and, and today, uh, Illinois. Michigan doubled their offensive rebounds. They had ten, and Illinois only had five, which is very very uncharacteristic for them. Yeah, um, I also thought Georgie struggled. He did have some big boards down the stretch. Uh, he was two for seven, uh, missed two threes. I mean, it's kind of what we've seen at times from Georgie, I, I, you know, inconsistency with him. But at least I thought defensively early he really struggled against Franz Wagner, but I thought he did performed pretty well against John Teske today, uh, forcing some tougher shots. I mean, Teske just missed some of them, but I thought Georgie at least contributed a little bit more on the glass and defensively. Yeah, late in that game when Teske had the back down and he missed the right hook and Georgie was on him. I thought overall, yeah, defending in the paint, uh, he's, he's done a decent job and he did uh, get five rebounds for you, obviously better effort than Kofi there. One of your concerns long-term is just facing teams that have fours that can step out and shoot it or play on the perimeter because Georgie does not have great necessarily awareness of shooters. Uh, and, and Wagner, look, overall in the game, what did he shoot from three? He was one for six, so he hit his first one and looked bad, and uh, you could live with him missing some other ones later on. But uh, even Northwestern showed you that the Georgia doesn't really get out and contest, and then even people that just play in space uh, give him problems and, and the team problems defensively when they have that four-man. But, uh, yeah, I think – Overall, you still like what you have with Georgie and Kofi, but uh, today, some red flags. You're able to overcome it, too. That, that's the biggest thing. They wouldn't have been able to overcome this earlier in the season, so that's a big key. They overcome that. They overcome foul trouble with Trent Frazier, and that's all Iowa and Andres Felice, right? But they also overcome not having Alan Griffin. I mean, you're 1-0 you're and or 2-0, and really, without games with Alan Griffin after uh, his suspension. So ability to weather that, too, Derek, I mean, that's impressive, again, from a mental standpoint, the depth standpoint, the player stepping up, but really just from a mental standpoint, being able to handle that because Griffin's been great on the road. He's been great giving you energy and, and shooting ability, and, and this today you're able to overcome it. You have four of 11 threes. You matched uh, Michigan and made threes, even though they shot six more of them. So uh, I know DeMonte Williams didn't, doesn't score again, 
but he played really good defense today. Kipper Nichols, I thought, didn't rebound, didn't score a lot, but I did think he played uh, the Michigan four guys a little bit better, forced some tough shots. So kudos to that, those guys for stepping up. When all those other pieces are struggling or Alan Griffin out, they're able to overcome it. That, that's really impressive. Yeah, there's a there's an it factor to this streak now where you don't make shots at home against Rutgers and you're still in it because you're playing great defense. You go on the road at Wisconsin and you're not getting fouls going your way and you're in foul trouble, both Kofi and Georgie are, but you, you hang tough and, and just find a way. And, again, you mentioned not having Allen was big. Uh, to have your big guys struggle like that uh, was really tough. And, and, yeah, credit to some of those role players like DeMonte and Kipper uh, for stepping up and, and providing something, especially on the on the defensive end, uh, that, that's important. But, uh, yeah, when you reeled off six in a row, it doesn't matter how they come and uh, just get the ball to Iowa late. But overall, you just got to find different ways to win in this league, and you're not going to complain about how it happens. All right, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm selling anything out here. This isn't, like, off-the-record like stuff. But, like, we're traveling and we're behind um, Brad Underwood going to the, the locker room, and he was talking with Derek Burson about – yeah, I thought the first half of the schedule, it, it might have been the harder part, but then you look at the second half here of the Big Ten, and then getting any easier. Minnesota just uh, had a big win against Ohio State on the road. Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, all top 15 in the Ken Palm right now, so it doesn't get any easier. If, if you want to stay ahead in the Big Ten race, you're going to have to keep winning, but they keep winning, Derek. So when does this end? When does this streak of six straight wins and I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when they come home against Minnesota. The crowd, the crush is going to be back. The students are back. Then you go on the road at Iowa. That should be really tough. But then you get back-to-back home games against Maryland and Michigan State, two teams that you're fighting uh, in the Big Ten race, and you've lost to both those teams on the road. Which game does it end? Yeah, it's going to end at some point, and you can't overlook Minnesota. Obviously, Marcus Carr and Daniel Oturu are are really tough. That's a, that's a really big-time duo that they have, and for them to be able to go to Columbus and pull it off, that, that means a lot, even though the Buckeyes are struggling. I would point to the Iowa game. Yeah. I'm not saying that for sure you're going to lose because this team can go on the road right now and have the confidence. They're going to walk into Carver-Hawkeye and believe they're going to win, and they have the talent to do so. But uh, obviously, Luca Garza, that, that would be a big-time tough matchup for Kofi, uh, and they have shooters Iowa gave. You know, Illinois a ton of problems last year uh, from the three. They don't have Tyler Cook and Isaiah Moss anymore or Bohannon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to think Minnesota's not easy at Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, even after that, the two road trip at Rutgers and Penn State, that's really tough too. So uh, this next big six stretch, uh, ugh. <laughs> it's a it's bear. bear. Yeah. yeah, it's seven and two. But it can turn real quickly. I mean, look at Michigan. They've lost four straight, right? Like their season, they thought they were Big Ten title contenders. Everything's good with Juwan Howard. And they're getting five-star recruits. And then all of a sudden, it's really falling apart to where, you know, reporters are asking the players afterwards, is this a figure-it-out moment for you guys? Is this like a really vulnerable time? And, of course, it is for them. So it can turn. We've seen Big Ten seasons turn, whether it was the Gross era, Weber era. You can start 15-3 and three and really fall down after that. So they have to stay locked in. But we've talked about the talent, the coaching right now, the toughness, the defense. Uh, I like their odds right now to at least be in Big Ten title contention at the end of the year. But here's the thing, Derek. Like, the metrics aren't going to love Illinois as much. Like, right now they're 20 in the Kempom, which is really good. But they've won by one point at Wisconsin, three at Rutgers, or against Rutgers, four against Northwestern two here at Michigan like Purdue they've blown out but um that's that that tells you a lot about this team's mental that the metrics won't 
put in there. Like there's there are some clutch stats, but uh, what Io and this the rest of this team are doing and, and winning time is just something to behold. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it, it's maturity, and, and there was a time there, first year and a half for for Brad, his numbers. There were a ton of games. Mm-hmm. Ever since he's been here, there have been a ton of like two or three possession games in the last couple of minutes, and they lost a lot of those in his first year, and then and then spilled over into his second year as well. Uh, that change where. In, Really, when Io hit the shot against Michigan State and they pulled it off against Ohio State and had some close wins uh, the rest of the way. But uh, now you just there's an expectation uh, of them down the stretch to be able to pull it out. And, uh, again, that's, that's an X factor for a team that can make a run, not only you know in the Big Ten and then we get to March. And uh, a win like this, like the, the week that we went into this week saying – Win one of these two, Purdue or Michigan, and you're, that's a really good step. Win both of them. Now we can say, I mean, this team's going to be playing in March. They, re- they really are. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, yes, the worst thing possible could happen where they lose a bunch of games. I just don't see that happening with this crew. Uh, like I said, I, we can comfortably and legitimately call this team a Big Ten title contender. It doesn't mean they'll win it, uh, but they're going to be a team to, uh, to be reckoned with. They have been so far, and I think they've shocked teams like Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue that have had all these uh, long win streaks against Illinois. I think everybody's waking up that Illinois basketball, yeah, I think it is back, right? I, I think Illinois basketball is back, and Io DeSumo getting him and now seeing what he's doing and the development he's had. and Yeah, he's going to be back in that NBA draft picture, right? I think he's going to be rising back up Sam Vicente and ESPN's big boards here, Derek. It's got to be. He, he's got to be. I think going into this game, the the last Vicente draft board I saw, I think I was in the 64. 60, yeah, early 60s is what I'm going to say. Uh, so at least – you know, mid to working his way into early second round, and, and he's still going to have a lot to say about that before before he's done. So, uh, Big Ten Player of the Week, uh, I would assume, and uh, is going to get a lot of national recognition as well. And so is Illinois. I think I can write that story now. I just have it ready and ready to publish. Uh, this has been a fun run, and this is why we make trips like this to, to tell you guys the stories that come from it. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage coming from this game, and boy, it's getting a lot of fun. Uh, Thursday against Minnesota, and then a huge trip to Iowa city derek and i will be there thanks as always for listening to the alana Enquirer podcast subscribe to us rate us review us we appreciate that and give a try to alana Enquirer. we have a always have a deal of 30 percent off an annual subscription or right now just a buck for a month and that's a good time to sign up derek this this next month could be a lot of fun to cover and a lot of good content hop on board hop on board oh and illinois football's got a five star where they did have a five star recruit uh, visiting so that'll be interesting to cover as well we'll talk to you next time right here on the illinois Enquirer podcast